Go to Mark 11, please, and 2 Timothy chapter 1. Mark 11 and 2 Timothy 1. In Mark 11, Jesus had spoken to the fig tree, and it dried up when he spoke to it from the roots up. And it took a while for the outside extremities of the tree to change, the leaves. But they did. How many know that's the way faith works? Things happen in the realm you can't see first. And then they show up in the realm you can see. But just because you don't see anything doesn't mean that uh, it didn't happen. If you'd have been standing there when Jesus spoke to the tree, and you could have examined it carefully, and then walked away, and even hours later, you'd have thought nothing happened. But it did. It did. And when they saw it later that it had affected the outside and the tree was withered away, Jesus took that as an opportunity to teach them about faith. Now, if this is only something that he could do, there wouldn't have been anything to teach them about. Or us. You know, when uh, Peter had said, Lord, look at there, that tree you spoke to, it's dried up. Then Jesus would have said, yeah, boys, don't try this yourself. (laughs) Now I'm the son of God and my word carries weight and I can do that. But don't you be trying that. (laughs) And the way some people preach and talk, that's what he should have said. But how many think he said the right thing? Absolutely. In fact, if you read Matthew's account, what is it, Matthew 21? In Matthew's account, it records that he said, if you have faith and doubt not, you can not only do that which is done to the fig tree, but if you say to this mountain, be removed. Is he telling them they could have done that? That's the great thing. And that's why he's teaching on this is because he did it as a man. Oh, hallelujah. Not as God, but as a man. Showing us how to live by faith. And that's when they remarked about it. Verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Say that out loud, everybody. Have faith in God. Another time or two. Have faith in God. Can you have faith in God? He wouldn't tell us to do something we couldn't do. Should you have faith in God? Say it again. Have faith in God. What are you going to (laughs) do? Have faith in God. Go to 2 Timothy, please. First chapter and the 12th verse. 2 Timothy 1 and 12 says, For the which cause I suffer these things. He had been persecuted for the preaching of the gospel. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. I know in whom I have believed. He didn't just say, I know what I believe. Notice Jesus didn't just say, have faith In the power of God. He didn't just say have faith in prayer. 
He didn't just say have faith in faith principles. He didn't just say have faith in your faith. What did he say? Have faith in God. There's been a lot of emphasis on what you believe. There should be more emphasis on who you believe in. It's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get off. It's easy to misplace your faith. You find good people, church-going people, people that believe in Jesus, but they get off. And you ask them, you know, what do you believe? And boy, they'll get real intense and go, I believe in the power of prayer. Well, is that the same thing as believing in God? Not necessarily. There are millions of people on the planet that believe in prayer. Millions of them don't even believe in Jesus. They'll pray. They'll rub their knees on the rough gravel and cement and count beads and spin wheels till they faint from exhaustion. Why would you do all that if you didn't believe in prayer? (laughs) But how many know Jesus warns us about vain prayers? And vain repetitions. Prayer is important. You know that. But our faith is not just in prayer. Our faith is in the God. The person. Who hears the prayers. And answers the prayers. And so when we pray and something happens. We shouldn't just give the glory to prayer. We should give the glory to the one. Who answered the prayer. Well, I have, you know, you hear people say, well, I believe in treating people right. I believe in treating people like you want to be treated. Well, that comes from a scripture. But is that the same thing as believing in God? No. I believe in hard work. I believe if you work hard, you can get anything you want. You know that's not necessarily true. (laughs) It's possible to work yourself into an early grave and hardly have anything. No. Now, diligence is right. Laziness is wrong. Everybody's supposed to work and everybody's supposed to be diligent. But that's not the same thing as believing in God. I believe in family. I believe in family first. There are people who don't even believe in God. They believe in family. Well, the truth is, your family's not supposed to come first. I've had men look at me and disagree with what I've taught on some of these things. Well, well, I'm going to take care of my family first. Well, then God is not first. (laughs) And you better wise up. Because you can't take care of your family like God can. There's so much you cannot do. So many things that are beyond you. No, if you care about your family... You'll put God first and trust Him to take care of your family. And you won't even take the title as provider of the family. You'll give that to somebody bigger than yourself. Somebody say it again. I have faith in God. Glory. I have faith in God. Now, uh, Go with me to Hebrews, please. That great faith chapter. Anybody know where it is? Chapter 11. Well, I've got mine marked up. Do you have yours, Mom? Oh, brother. 
<laughs> Hebrews 11 is talking about faith. And he gives the definition, but I want you to skip down. We'll back up here in just a minute. But look at the sixth verse. It says, but without faith. It's what? It's challenging. <laughs> Quite difficult. What? Impossible to please him. Now this is something that should be without question in our minds. Is there any way to please God without faith? There is no way. Should we be interested in faith? Well, if you're interested in your life pleasing God, you should be very interested. For he that comes to God, well, let me just stop right here. Can God be pleased? Can he be pleased with you? Every day. And night. That's a little weak. I know uh, Phyllis and I had been to a, a small town and met some people that we had known years before and actually came in the service and got saved, got filled with the Spirit. But we're excited about that. We saw them not too long after that and we wanted to see how they were doing. And so we got together and spoke to them and asked them, you know, had they been going to church? And had they been reading their Bible and stuff, just checking up on them, how they're doing? And, and uh, the young lady uh, she said, well, no, you know, we hadn't been reading our Bible very much, but, you know, I guess you never could read your Bible enough. And uh, everybody in the room that were talking, they pretty much agreed with that, you know. And uh, something bothered me about it. I didn't know what, but I, so I didn't say anything. And so I just said, well, you know, it's good to read your Bible. <laughs> and we went to another subject and Later on, waiting on the Lord, that came back up to my mind, and I asked the Lord about it. I said, Lord, what? I knew something's wrong with that, but I didn't know what. I said, what's wrong with that, Lord? And I began to remember phrases. People say, well, I guess you, you never could thank the Lord enough. I guess we never could praise him enough. You ever heard these phrases? I guess you never could. And then she said, well, I guess you never could read the Bible enough. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, am I unreasonable? Well, I didn't even have to think about that. I thought, no. No, Lord, I don't believe you're unreasonable. He said, well, then can you read your Bible enough for a given time? <laughs> I thought, hmm, hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Could you praise the Lord enough in a day? Now tomorrow's a new day, but could you pray enough for a day? Y'all are too quiet. See, we're dealing now with some religious tradition that has been preached and, and spouted by millions until people think it's the Bible and it's the Word. Well, the Lord asked me that question. Let me ask you, is He unreasonable? Well, then if he's not unreasonable, he can be pleased. There's a point where it's enough, at least for now. <laughs> How would you know it's enough? Well, you do it by faith, believing that you can please him with it 
And believing that you can do it enough. And you look for the witness. And if you don't feel like you've done it enough, guess what? <laughs> you hadn't done. But see, so many times people just quit because they'll think, well, man, I could do it night and day. And there's never be enough. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. God knows what you've got to do today. He knows about your washing and drying and your floors and your kids and your cooking and cleaning up and dressing and fixing your hair and driving to this and that. He knows about all of that. And he does not expect you to be praying in tongues at the top of your voice 24 hours a day. He didn't expect you to be reading the Bible 24 hours a day. Does he? Is he unreasonable? No, No, he's not. So there's a point where it is enough. And if you hadn't found that point, you just hadn't gone far enough. And sometimes, a lot of times, you were five minutes away from it. (laughs) If you'd have just went just a little bit further, you'd have sensed, "Mm, that's good. That's good for now. You'd have had a release. You'd have had a sense. That's good for now. That's enough for now. And what is that sense? That sense is also a sense that he is pleased. Oh, are you seeing this, saints? But what do you have to have to get to that? Faith. It takes faith. You've got to believe it's possible. Now read verse 6 again. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must Believe that he is. Faith is not optional. You don't have a choice about it. If you're going to please God, you have to do this. If you refuse to do this, then there's no way you can please God. Period. You've got to believe that he is. That is, that he exists. That he is real. And that he is God. The Bible talks about this, the way it led up to this. Read the previous verse. It's talking about Enoch. And it said, well, excuse, yeah, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he was found, not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? How did he get to the place where he pleased God? If you wonder what the answer is through the next several weeks, these two words, let me clear by faith. Throw that out there and you'll probably be right. (laughs) How did Enoch come to where he pleased God? Well, just back up to the first part of the verse there, by faith. What does that mean, though? What does that mean? Enoch had been able to hear about what Grandpa Adam and Grandma Eve had experienced with God. They had been separated from the garden, and they had not known God like Grandpa and Grandma had. And so they had heard stories of God coming down in the cool of the day and them conversing with Him. How many stand? This is no half Ape looking individuals uh, scruffling around in the bush going, ugh, ugh. (laughs) This is an amazing, God like creature 
the man and the woman, and God is coming down and speaking to them and conversing with them, and they can understand Him and carry on intelligent conversation with the Creator of the universe. No Uggs. God, Adam, Eve would be there. They'd be watching the sunset. And Adam would say, how did you do that, Lord? And he would tell them. And they would understand. Wow. And so Enoch had heard these stories. And most of the family had just said, well... Paradise is lost. Nobody can ever have what they had. Enoch was never satisfied with that position. <laughs> like my friend said about that airplane, he said, well, why we can't have one of these? <laughs> and Enoch was saying, why I can't have this? Why can't I walk with God? I mean, I didn't eat the fruit. I don't want to eat the fruit. What can I walk with God? Because you can't get in the garden. God don't come down like that anymore. Nobody does. Nobody knows God like that. Nobody sees God like that anymore. That's done. That's all passed away. That's gone. Enoch could leave, but he'd say to himself, I don't accept that answer. (laughs) I don't receive that. (laughs) Well, Enoch, you might as well get it off your mind because nobody talks to God like that anymore. Nobody can. He doesn't come down like that. Nobody can get in the garden. That's over. That dispensation is gone. That's done. He'd leave the room. You could hear him mumbling. I don't receive that. (laughs) I don't receive that. Now read verse 6 again. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Did Enoch please God? Yes. How did he do it? There you go. <laughs> so we know. He did something by faith. Now you don't have to wonder or ponder about it. Genesis tells you what he did. What did he do by faith? By faith he walked with God. That's what Genesis reveals to us. How do you do that? You can't get back in the garden. God's not coming down in the cool of the day. Enoch got a hold of this. Never been to Bible school. Never read any books on the subject of faith. (laughs) But he got a hold of this. He that, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must what? Well, friend, this is exciting. How did Enoch do this? By faith. What do we know about faith? Faith believes that He is. That He's God, that He's real, that He is. And what else does faith believe? Here's the part millions fall short of. They'll believe that first part, but they won't believe this. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Oh, glory to God. What does that mean? 
We've heard this so many times, I think it just kind of goes past you. The word reward basically means pay or pay off. Let me just put that in there then. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he must believe that it pays off (laughs) when you genuinely seek God. What does the devil tell people all the time? What's the point? What's the? I heard some unbeliever spouting off just not too many days ago. They were talking about so-called moment of prayer. They said it's a total waste. There's nobody there. Talking about heaven, about going there. They said there is no there there. Well, there is. <laughs> I said there is. How do you know? By faith. Well, y'all are just ignorant superstition folk. Well, we will see, won't we? (laughs) And it won't be long. (laughs) We will find out who's so smart. The scripture said, it is the fool who says there is no God. Well, that's not us. How many say, I go on record and say, I believe he is. I believe he's real. I believe he's God. I believe he's all knowing, everywhere present. He's almighty. He knows everything about everything from the end to the beginning. He knows it all. He's able to do it all. He is God. But now let's not stop there. What else must we believe? We must believe. Not optional here either. It's not optional. You not only have, do you have to believe that he's God and he's real. What else do you have to believe? You must believe that when you reach out to him, when you call on him, it's going to pay off. <laughs> that when you stand and believe and expect him to come through for you and do something for you, it's going to pay off. Come on, somebody say it's going to pay off. Say it'll always pay off. Is God good? Does he really love you? Does he know you and know what's going on with you? Does he really care about what's happening with you? Will he do something for you? Will it pay off to trust him? In fact, the Bible said nobody ever trusted in him and was made ashamed. That means disappointed. That, what does that mean? That it didn't pay off. Has never happened and never will. Never will. It pays to pray and believe God. Do things in faith. It pays off. Nobody could ever convince me it doesn't pay off. Phyllis and I have been living this way for decades. It pays off every day. Every day. I know where we were. I know where we are. You can't tell me it didn't pay off. To obey God, to serve God, to do what He directed you to do. And it took faith to do it. Every step of the way, it takes faith because you don't see how and you don't know from where. But that's what faith is all about. Say it again, it pays off. Enoch pleased God. How'd he do it? By faith. So we already know how he did it. Faith believes that God is. What else does faith believe? 
He's a rewarder. He's a responder. He recompenses good. When you draw near to him, he draws near to you. When you ask, he will answer. When you seek, he'll cause you to find. When you knock, he'll open it up to you. Is that right? So Enoch got that revelation all these millennia ago. And he just got tired of them telling him. But this is all passed away and nobody can talk to God anymore. And he left one day after them telling him that again and said, Now Enoch, you've been talking about this and bothering everybody. You know, a lot of these people lived long enough that they were contemporaries. And he could go back and talk to some of the oldest ones. And said, Now tell me again. How'd you do that? They said, Boy, you've asked that question the last a hundred times. How many times you want me to tell? Tell me again. We don't need to tell you again. You can't get in the garden and God doesn't come down like that anymore. Tell me again. Boy. And finally, he got a hold of it. He said, well, isn't God right here? Right now? Why sure? Isn't God good? I heard grandma and grandpa talk about how good he was. God Hi, I believe you are here, and I believe you hear me, and I believe you like me. I like you. Let's talk. I'll just keep talking. And when he started out by faith, he had no indication that God was there or heard him. This went on day after day. And week after week. And month after month. And year after year. Where are you going, Enoch? I'm going to go talk to the Lord. They'd roll their eyes. Everybody knows nobody's talked to God since the garden was shut down. How long has he been doing that? Oh, years. He goes every day. How many of you keep doing something every day like that? You get to where you, you don't think about it. It's just, he is treating God so much like he is there. And he's pouring his heart out and his faith is so real. God begins to respond to him. Isn't this what we've been talking about on Sunday mornings? That if you'll love him and you'll believe in him and obey him, what will happen? He will reveal himself to you. And he did it. And I'm telling you, Enoch thought, ooh. It works, it works, it works. So man, he poured his heart out and God got so real to him that they'd walk and talk by faith. He didn't see him like they did. He didn't necessarily feel him like they did. But yet he became so real to him by faith. It was like he saw him. And in fact, it became so real and so powerful, the fellowship, that he looked up and he realized, I am not at home. (laughs) And the Lord said, you're at my house. Why don't you just stay? He said, I'd love to. (laughs) That's it. Nobody ever saw him again. And this happened millennia before the little things that you and I have found out about. How many know faith has always worked? And it will always work. But you got to believe these two things. What are they? you got to believe that he is. And you got to believe that he is good and that it will pay off to reach out to him and believe him. 
Don't believe the devil's lies. Now, the devil will come to you and he'll tell you, oh, why are you quoting all them verses? Why are you praying? Why are you talking about this? It ain't going to do you any good. Look at this. This is worse than it was back then. You got less money now than you did then. It's not working. It's not going to pay off. I know uh, one time Phyllis and I were believing for some stuff. And these thought it had been months and months and months. And now, uh, oh, years, two or three years. That it hadn't happened, and it looked like it was further away from happening than when we started. And these thoughts just were coming to my mind. You're just living in a fairy tale world. This is not going to happen. You don't know anybody that could even make this happen. Uh, this is ridiculous. This is just stupid. You're just making a fool out of yourself. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. It's been three and a half years, and there's less indication now that it could happen than when you started. It's not going to happen. And I mean, these kind of every time I think about it, these thoughts would just flood in. I didn't realize it, but the Spirit of God prompted me. He said, if it's not working, why would he care? (laughs) Why would he bother to bug you and just, you know, barrage you with these thoughts about it not working if it wasn't working? (laughs) How many understand the devil is a known liar? If he says it's not working... You ought to start shouting because that's the surest sign that it is working. And when the thoughts just begin to boom, 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 it's not working. It's not. What? What's the problem? You ought to just pipe up and go, yeah, that's about the 40th time you've told me that today, devil. No. It's a sure sign that it is working. And sure enough, it wasn't but a few months that thing came to pass in our life. Glory to God. Does it pay? Does it pay off to believe God, to have faith? It does. If you won't quit, it pays off. Now, go to this 11th chapter again. This actually begins back up in the 10th chapter. So let's look in 10.19. Hebrews 10.19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Somebody say, full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. What is our faith in? Him. It's who our faith is in. Our faith is in the faithful God. Oh, can you see this? Now skip on down. To the 35th verse. He said, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Now, that actually is the beginning of this idea that you later see in Hebrews 11.6. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He had already begun talking about that up here in this verse recompense of reward 
What does that mean? That's old English, and a lot of times people just let that go right by them. It's that same word. Pay. Pay off. Don't cast away your confidence. Because you keep hold of your confidence, it's going to pay off. (laughs) In fact, it has a great payoff. Big payoff. Somebody say, big payoff. Coming. But he said, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Not only does it pay off, it really pays off. Anybody like this besides me in here? What really pays off? Confidence in God, which is another way of saying faith in God. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, you'll begin to see as we go through this chapter, as the Lord helps us. One of the things that people had to overcome through faith over and over again. Different situations, different times, different countries. But it's the same thing. People had to overcome fear. And they did it with their faith. Glory to God. Can you overcome fear? Does fear come? Oh yeah. It's all around. The earth is full of fear. Sadly so many Christians are full of fear. But how can you overcome it? There is something more powerful than fear. Fear can come in if you let it. It can grip you. It can shake you. It can torment you. It can put you in bondage. Oh, but there's something stronger. I said there's something stronger. And it's faith in the unfailing faithful God. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now, what does that mean, draw back? What's the opposite of draw back? Step out. What do you step out by? Faith. What do you draw back for? Fear. Sin consciousness. Condemnation. Fear of judgment. Fear of punishment. Fear of failure. Fear of defeat. Causes torment to come. And causes one to pull back and draw back. People have done that with God because the enemies lied to people about God. Preachers have talked about how hard God is and how he's, you know, he's so pure and holy and he is. But he can't stand to look at you because you're so defiling and and basically judgment's hanging over your head. And and he doesn't really care about you. He just got to rid this earth of its impurities and And the wrong picture has been painted. And it's produced fear. And it's caused people to try to hide their ways from Him. And and hide their ways from the people of God. And and millions are staying away from church. Because of this. 
Are they drawing near or are they pulling back and pulling away and being disconnected and trying to hide and trying to cover? What's causing that? Fear. 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 And does the Lord have any pleasure in that? No, no he said, "My, I have no pleasure in that. That displeases me. So what's going to please him? Faith. What will faith do for you? Back up to the fourth chapter of Hebrews. All this flows together. The fourth chapter. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. That's passed into the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast. Our profession. We know what profession that is. That's the confession of faith. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. See, the devil has told people, God can't even relate to you. He's so perfect and pure and holy, and you're so miserable and weak and sinful. It's not true. Jesus took every one of our sins, didn't he? He knows exactly what it's like. He's been tempted in every point exactly like us. He knows what it's like. Does he care? Now, he's not going to excuse all the stuff we do wrong, but he is touched with the feeling of our weaknesses and infirmities, and he knows and he cares. And how many know he is here to help? (laughs) He said, verse 16, so let us go hide under a rock and hope the Lord don't see what we're doing. Maybe he's so busy with everything else, he won't notice us. And we will escape judgment some way, somehow. Let us do what? Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. How many know that's the purest place in the universe? That's the most holy place in the universe. How in the world could you and I come boldly right into the very throne of the Almighty? How in the world? Remember those two words I told you was the key. (laughs) It's not by feeling. It's not by what you've done. It's not by your accomplishments because of your failures. It is by faith. And it's specifically by faith in what Jesus has done that would allow you and I to be there and to do this. But when you really believe in it, it delivers you from your fear. Oh, come on, it delivers you from your fear. It delivers you from your sense of unworthiness. It delivers you from condemnation and guilt and shame. How many know there's no way you could come boldly right up to the throne of grace? Aware of how you failed and how you've come short and how you've missed it and how weak and how sinful you've been. There's no way you wouldn't even get close. How could you come in bold? Right up to the throne. How could you? Because you're not conscious of your sins. You're conscious that he was made sin. With my sin. And he paid the price. So I could be made righteous with his righteousness. And I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But he has made me holy with his own blood. He's made me clean. He's made me so that I have a right to be here. Glory to God. So that the Father will accept me and not see my sin and failure. But when he looks at me, he sees Jesus. Because that's who I believe in. And that's whom I'm in. And he's in me. 
And his righteousness has become mine. It's just a gift that we receive by faith. But it still delivers us completely from our fear. Remember Peter when he was in the boat? And Jesus told him what to do. He had used his boat to preach in. And he told him to throw his net. And he said, well, I fished all night. We didn't catch anything. But nevertheless, it's your word. And they threw one out. And oh man, there was such a huge catch of fish. They knew this is supernatural. They knew it. And notice what Peter did. He said, oh oh Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Now think about that. How many understand this is probably the best day of Peter's life so far? He's heard the most amazing sermon he's ever heard in his life. He's got the biggest catch of fish he's ever caught. This is money in his pockets. And yet, the best thing that's ever happened to him, he tells, go away. Doesn't make sense. Why would you do it? Fear. Fear makes you draw back. Pull back. Oh, but what does faith cause you to do? Faith causes you to draw near. Come right boldly to the throne of grace. Draw near. Somebody say, draw near. And how do you do it? By faith. You guys are getting good at this. Go back to the 10th chapter. Hebrews 10, 38. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction. But we're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. You want to say that out loud? Say, I am not of them that draw back into destruction. I'm one of them that believes to the saving of the soul. Glory. When it comes to the plan of God for our lives, do you think God has more things for us as a church and as ministries, families, as individuals? Does He have more? Is it bigger than we've thought? What are we going to do? We could draw back. You know, as long as we got something to eat and a good place to stay, and just kind of keep a low profile, hope the devil leaves us alone. How many know that's a dumb thing to hope for? How many know the devil will make a deal with you any time? You go, okay, Mr. Devil, I'll leave you alone. And you leave me alone. He'll say, great, deal. You want to shake? He'll give you 40 pages of contract. And it'll mean nothing. Because he's a liar. As soon as you turn your back, he's going to nail you. So you might as well just be bold about it, right? You might as well just say, oh, no. No. I'm against you. (laughs) You got a problem with me on the earth. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to tell everybody. Oh, no. Keep it down. Keep it down. The devil might hear you. (laughs) Well, sure. He hears you. You want to be bold? You want to be fearless. And you don't want to draw back. You want to step out. In faith. With confidence. 
And no matter if time goes on, you're going to have the patience to just keep up with your confidence. And keep it right up. And keep it right up. Just like you were believing God two years ago, you still believe in God the same way. Because God hadn't changed. His word hadn't changed. And how many know it will pay off? It will. It will. People can laugh and they can scoff and they can mock and say what they want to. But it will pay off because God is real and he is a rewarder of those that sincerely, diligently seek him. And that's us. That's us. We believe in him. We believe both of those things. Don't we? Verse 1 of chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like the Young's literal translation on this. Same author, human author, as the uh, Young's concordance. He ought to know a thing or two about the language, shouldn't he? He said, faith is of things hoped for, a confidence. Of matters not seen, a conviction. That's the way the original languages were written. Their construction is backwards from ours. But of things hoped for, a confidence. Everybody say confidence. Of matters not seen, a conviction. Even if you do a thorough study of the languages, you'll come back to this again and again. These two words, confidence and conviction. That's what faith is. Faith is confidence of what you expect to happen. And faith is conviction of what you can't see, can't feel, can't perceive in the natural. You know, the Bible said concerning uh, uh, the master. In fact, let's turn there. First Peter. First Peter, just a few pages over. Chapter 1, verse 7. 1 Peter 1, 7 says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes. Do you have something that's more precious than money in you? Is it your faith? Though it be tried with fire that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now we're beginning to get to what I had in my heart for tonight. Mr. Why didn't you just get to it to begin with? <laughs> well, if you have to ask, then you hadn't preached much. <laughs> you know, you're not always ready to hear this thing until you've heard this. Right. Everything builds upon the other. Yeah. Read that verse out loud with me again. Put it up on the screen. Trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found Unto praise and honor and glory. What would be found unto praise, honor, and glory? Your faith. When? At the appearing of Jesus Christ. All the money you made is not going to be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. How much golf you played, or how many fish you caught, or how many vacations you took, or how many houses you had, or cars, or clothes, clothes. none of that is going to be found unto praise, or honor, and glory. It's all right to have some of this stuff and enjoy it, but don't kid yourself about what it's worth. 
It's very, very temporary. It's only for temporary use now. And later it will mean absolutely nothing. Nothing. But there is something. That's more precious than railroad cars full of gold. Or platinum. Are the hugest accounts and investments that you could ever have in this life? Come on, do you see what it is? What is it? It is faith. Oh, hallelujah. And it will be found unto praise. Faith will be praised. Faith will be honored. Faith will receive glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now this is not built on one half a verse. I'm going to show you verse after verse after verse in just a moment. Say precious faith. Precious faith. Do you have some? Yes you do. Can it get stronger? Can it become a more dominant thing in your life? Yes. Can you get so full of faith that people can't scare you? (laughs) Devils can't scare you. Diseases can't scare you. Economic woes and problems can't scare you. Come on, can you get so full of faith? Read the next verse. Read the next verse. That's what this passage is talking about. The trial of your faith, even though all that's going on. He said, whom having not seen, you love. How many? That's you right now. Right now. You haven't seen him. Hadn't been to heaven. You haven't seen him. Haven't seen him on the throne. He didn't appear to you where you could see him with your eyes. But you love him. You love him. You're like Enoch. You walk with him by faith. And after all, what pleases him? It pleases him more that you believe in him, not having seen him. Remember he told Thomas, you believe because you've seen. Blessed is he who's not seen and yet believe. Well, that's us. Somebody say, I am blessed. I am blessed. The blessing is on me. Whom having not seen, you love him. In whom, though now you see him not, yet you believe it. And you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now the mystery has been solved. Why we cut up like we do. Why we carry on. (laughs) You know, might say, have you been to that church over there? Man, they just holler and they carry on and they shout and they do all this. Is all that necessary? Is this necessary? I'm talking about the Bible right now. Yet believe it. When you believe, why don't these other folk do that? Well, all I know is when you believe, (laughs) you rejoice. When you believe, it gets real to you. And even though you haven't seen him, he gets real to you. Like Enoch, he got real to Enoch. Didn't he? And it was all by faith. Yet you rejoice. You rejoice, the joy gets so big in you, you can't tell it. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I believe there will be services we'll have in days to come. Where we won't know what to do with ourselves. We'll laugh. We'll cry. We'll run. We'll shout. We'll talk in tongues. And we still can't tell it. We won't be able to tell it. We'll go, oh, what am I going to do with myself? I don't know. (laughs) It's unspeakable. It's unspeakable. It's joy 
unspeakable, and it's not depressing. It's full of glory, glory, full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. You know, you can have this at home, in your bed by yourself, in the nighttime when nobody's around. You can get so full, you don't know what to do with yourself. Tell me those two words that are the key. By faith. Now go back to the 11th chapter. And let me give you some verses like we said we would. Faith is going to be found unto praise and glory and honor. At the coming of the Lord. People that though they didn't see they believed. Though they didn't see they rejoiced and shouted. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hebrews 11 Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. A good report. What does that mean, a good report? The word here is the word for witness or testimony. You could say it like this, to go on record. How did they get a good report? What was the good report? Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which were seen were not made of things which do appear. How can we understand that? By faith. Faith is the confidence Of what we expect. It's the conviction. Of the reality. Of what we don't see. You weren't there. You didn't see him speak the world into existence. But do you have a conviction. That it happened. (laughs) That's faith. By faith. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. Than Cain. A lot of people have put emphasis on whether it was a vegetable offering or an animal offering. But it didn't say by vegetable or by livestock. What did it say? How did he give a better offering? How could you and I give a better offering? (laughs) By faith. By which he obtained what? Witness. Now this goes back to verse 2. That's how the elders obtained a good report. That's how they got a good witness. Abel obtained a witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being yet dead is still speaking. Testimony is still being given on his behalf. Because of the gift he sowed in faith. And here's the thing that's outstanding. Who is testifying of his gift? God. God is testifying about Abel's faith. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Boy, didn't even die. And was not found. They looked for him. Could not find him. 
Because he was gone. Because God had translated him. And when God translates you, nobody can find you. For before his translation, he had, come on, he had what? He had what? Had a, he had this testimony. What is a testimony? A testimony is a witness. It is someone going on record about something. And before he was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Where did this testimony come from? Skip on down in the book to the latter part of the chapter. Verse 39. And these all, these all refers to everybody he mentioned, including Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and all the way down. All These all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, talking about the full thing, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. They're not going to get to do it without us. <laughs> God is so good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of, of what? What do witnesses do? They testify about what they know, what they've seen, what they've heard, what they know. You can't testify about something somebody else saw and heard and experienced. That's hearsay. That's not admissible. You must have personal experience of something to be qualified as a witness. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Do I have any witnesses in here? Would you go on record in front of everybody, in front of anybody, in front of unbelievers, in front of scoffers and mockers and intellectual believers and blasphemers? Would you still stand up and say, I am a witness? I am a witness of the reality of God, of His love, of His grace, and His mercy. He saved me. (laughs) He healed me. He delivered me. He protected me. He answered my prayers. I was there. I was there. Mrs. Well, it ain't true. Well, you wasn't there. I was there. So we have people, all kind of people that try to tell us that God can't be real like that. The things that we're saying can't be right. And then you ask them, do you know God? They'll say, oh no, I don't even believe in God. Well, how do you know he's not this way then? You admitted you don't know him. Don't know anything about him. We know him. So we testify. We're not ashamed. Now here's the great news. 
Jesus said, Matthew, Luke, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. Witness can go good or bad. You can be a witness for, or you can be a witness against, can't you? And so in this case, the Lord would be a witness against you in the high court of heaven. Because you denied that he was real, and you denied him before men, and you were ashamed. You deny me before men, he said, I'll deny you before the Father and his holy angels. But how many know he also said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father and his holy angels. Oh my. What does that mean? Is this not Jesus testifying of your faith in him? By it, the elders obtained a good report from who? Listen to the to other verses along this line. Don't turn to them. You can just jot them down. God is witness. Everybody say that out loud. God is witness. 1 Thessalonians 2.10. Don't turn there. Just jot these down or listen to them. He said, you are witnesses and God also is a witness. How holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believed. Romans 1.9, Paul was aware of this. He said, for God is my witness. Man, this is big. This is strong. God is your witness. See, people have thrown these terms around and not had a clue what they meant. What does it mean, God is my witness? The word witness means to go on record about. God's my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I'll make mention of you always in my prayers. 2 Corinthians 1.23 Moreover, he said, I called God for a record upon my soul. I'm calling God for a record and a witness concerning this thing he's about to say. Somebody say, God is witness. I won't take time to go to all the scriptures, but the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being a witness. The Bible talks about the gospel being preached for a witness, doesn't it? How many know you and I are witnesses? You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll what? Didn't you say you'll go a witnessing sometime when it's all scheduled properly? No, you will be a witness. That's 24-7. That's everywhere you are all the time. You will be witnesses unto me. Somebody say, I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Now here's the amazing thing. If you really are a believer and have faith in God and are a witness for Him, He is your witness. And in time to come, in the present and in time to come, He will claim you. And He will go on record and He will testify that you had faith. 
Don't take my word for it. Study it out. Get your concordance. Find every verse that talks about testimony and witness and going on record. I did. There are many of them. This is an amazing thing. Do you know Jesus did this when he walked the earth? You ever remember him going on record about somebody's faith? Remember the centurion? What did he say? He stopped, didn't he? And he said, I have not found so great faith, not in all Israel. You never heard him say, I have not seen anybody so smart in the whole country. I have not seen anybody so rich. I have not seen anybody so educated. I have not seen anybody so pretty, so good looking. No. God's not going to bear witness to any of that. Because that comes, that goes. It's like a flower. It's here one day. It's gone the next. But I want you to know the faith that rests in your bosom. Oh, come on now. That is forever. It's forever and ever and ever and every time, every day that you stand up for God and you believe Him when you can't see and you're sure when you don't feel and your conviction is deep and like Abraham, you're fully persuaded and you won't quit. That will never be forgotten. God Himself will bear witness to it. Jesus himself will stand up for you. And your faith will be found unto praise and honor and glory at the coming of our Lord Jesus. I'm quoting scripture. Oh, can you see this? Should we be interested in faith? Should we be hungry to have faith and grow in faith and learn about faith? Because it pleases God. It pleases him so much that he is willing To go on record about it. And bear witness to it. By it the elders obtained. That report. That witness. Somebody say thanks be unto God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me touch on this. Before we close. This is so big, we've just barely touched on it. You know, back up to the previous verse about Abel in verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Why was Abel's offering so much better than Cain's? It was his faith that made it so. Not the nature of the gift itself. It was his faith that made it so. Somebody said, well, I thought it was fluffy. (laughs) It was fluffy. But it wasn't because fluffy was such a fine sheep. Whatever's not of faith is sin. If you don't have a sense that this is going to please him, you can't do it in faith. And God knows your heart. Everything we do. And how many know if you know you're not doing your best. You know you're not doing what you ought to be doing. It's impossible to do it in faith. And that lack of faith would be why it wouldn't please God. Not the thing itself. And apparently that's what Cain did. He just did something. And he didn't have the conviction that this was going to please God. But 
To Abel, it was a big deal, wasn't it? He didn't dread the offering time. He was excited about it. And he said, oh, 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 I know, I know what God's going to like. <laughs> Fluffy. Fluffy is the prettiest sheep I have ever seen. And he was just sure. He didn't know anything better he could do. He just knew that God would be pleased with this. He had a conviction about it. He was confident about, come on, can you see this? And it was his faith that made it acceptable and well-pleasing. God saw Fluffy and that's great, but that wasn't what got to him. What got to him was the giver's heart. How excited he was about it. And that's what pleased the Lord. And the Bible said that by it, he gave the more excellent sacrifice. And what else did he do? He obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified. Who? Who? God testifying of his gifts. I want you to say that three times. God testifying of his of his what? Gifts. 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 God testifying of his gifts. Surely we're reading this wrong. No. No. And by it he being dead yet speaks. I want you to listen to these words and it brings up something that you may not have thought about. The Lord said in Genesis 21, 30. A man of God said this. He said, you will take these seven lambs out of my hand and they will be a witness to me. These lambs are going to be a witness. Joshua 22, 34. They call the name of the altar, Ed, which means witness. For it shall be a witness between us that the Lord is God. This structure, he said, was a witness. Joshua 24, 27. Now listen to this. Joshua 24, 27. Joshua said to the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us. For it, this stone, has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke. And it, the stone, will be a witness. Deuteronomy 31, the man of God Moses put a song in their mouth, and he said, the Lord told him, write this song and teach it to the children of Israel, put it in their mouth, this song will be a witness for me. A witness. James 5.3, we talked about this a few weeks ago. James 5.3, he talked about individuals who were greedy and treated people wrong and took their money and stuff. And he said, the gold and silver is cankered. The rust of them shall be a witness against you. What's going to be a witness? The rust on the stuff that was withheld from its proper owners that wasn't used the way it should have been. Rust is going to testify. Things can be a witness there's a lot we haven't understood or thought. I know, go to Ecclesiastes, and I think I'm closing. Ecclesiastes 10. When the Copelands were believing for their Citation 10, their new airplane, that they've had in service for some time, they've been criticized for it. And, uh, I mean, they've taken a lot of, <laughs> a lot of abuse and criticism for it. 
We've got nasty grams about some of our stuff too. It's just a lot of people don't see it, don't understand it, or are hypocritical in any number of things. But when they were believing for this, the Lord gave him a scripture through another individual. And he was talking about it one day. And this scripture is chapter 10, I guess it is, verse 20. And you know, scriptures can have numerous meanings. It's a living thing. And he just gave him the latter part of this. It said, a bird of the air shall carry the voice. And that which has wings shall tell the matter. <laughs> they were standing and believing to get that plane. And they did for years. A lot of you sewed into it and were part of the Citation 10 project. And so I thought about that. And I thought, well, yeah, that's good. You know, a bird of the air will carry the voice. So the Copelands and their staff will be in there. And the voice that preaches the word will be in there. And the bird of the air will carry it. I thought, that's great. That's good. And the Lord pointed out to me. He said, no, there's two parts to that. That's only one. What does the last part say? That which has wings, in this case, that be the plane, shall do what? Tell the matter. And I saw it. Very few, even large corporations, buy aircraft like that and pay cash for them. Even big, big companies. And hardly any preachers. Even have aircraft. I mean, thank God it's changed the last few years. But especially in the beginning, it was just a bizarre thing to even think a ministry or a church could have an aircraft. Some people still think should not have it. But I realized everywhere this shiny new machine lets down. And it's sitting on the ramp. It's talking. I said it's talking. It's saying something. Without saying a word, its very presence is saying something. Do you know what it's saying? How else could some preachers who started out cooking potatoes in a coffee pot with dead over their eyeballs, how else could folk like this pay cash for something like this? What's it say? It's saying God is real. It's saying God is real and he's powerful. He can do anything. And what else is it saying? It's saying he is good. He will do things for you that are rich and abundant. Now there are people that's gotten stuff before. And it's not a witness like that. Because they didn't get it the right way. Did you hear me? Just because somebody's got a big house, somebody's got something new, something expensive, that doesn't mean it's a good witness necessarily. It's how you got it. Isn't it? Oh, but friend, when you got, what would make it a witness? Does anybody know those words? If you got it by faith. Then you got it the right way. You didn't steal. You didn't lie. You didn't deceive. You didn't do anything wrong. You sowed your seed. You believed God. You stood, in this case, years. God raised up people by the thousands and hundreds of thousands and gave them the ability. They sowed. It came to pass. And how many know when the Lord does it, it's talking. That thing's talking. You have anything at your house that talks?
Can I get a witness? How many know our little stuff is talking? Our little buildings, our little property here. Our little aircraft, our little stuff is talking. Is it? What's it saying? It's saying God's real. God's real. God's given you stuff. He's done things for you. Is it a witness? Is it talking? It's saying God's real. He's real. He's real. And what else? He's good. Yeah, yes, he'll meet your basic needs, but he'll do so much more than that. He'll give you richly all things to enjoy if you'll dare to believe that he's that good. He is that good. People scoff. They make fun. But he is that good. And they're doing without only because they won't believe it. I'm going to keep on bearing witness that he's good. That he is that good. If you want to go on record, stand up right now. Stand up right now. Lift up your hand. Say, me too. I want to go on record. I want to go on record to say God is real. I want to go on record to say God is good. Oh, lift up your hands. Begin to praise Him. Begin to thank Him. Begin to magnify His holy name. Oh, Lord, we praise You. Oh, Lord, we magnify You. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. You are this good. You are this good. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I was thinking about that ship going down to the South Pacific. (laughs) The name of it is Witness. Uttermost witness. How many believe it testifies when it pulls into the harbor? Is it talking? Is it talking? Tell me what he's saying. He's saying God is real. He's real. What else is it saying? God is good and it pays. It pays to believe him and trust him and obey him. Well. A lot of folks in here have been believing for a number of things. Some have been standing for a little while now. Not really all that long, but maybe it seems like it. But how many made up your mind, I'm not going to cast away my confidence. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to relinquish my testimony. I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on saying it. I'm going to keep on believing it. I'm going to keep on holding up and going on record. It pays to serve God. It pays to obey. It pays to walk by faith. It pays to sow seed in faith. It pays to pray. It pays to trust Him who is faithful. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.